Hey, this is Katie Jane, and you're listening to episode nine of the Country Music Podcast. Today we've got an awesome guest, a good friend of mine, and I'm very excited to have him here. Welcome, Chris Matthews. G'day, Katie Jane. How Hi, are you? buddy. Very, very well. <laughs> oh, man, it's so great to have you here. Thanks for having me. So, you're here for the Tamworth Country Music Festival. I am, yes. This will be my ninth one, I think. And is it your biggest one yet, or are you cruising along this time? Uh, I'm always cruising yeah. along, but... Um, <laughs> I guess it would be my biggest one yet, I suppose. How many shows are you doing? Uh, 14. Oh, jeez. 15, I'm not sure. Something like that. I, I caught your show yesterday with um, with the boys, and it was really fun. You do such a great... You're such a happy, awesome character. You do such a good job. Yeah, I mean, well, I just love playing music. and You do. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether there's one person there or 10,000 people at the gig. Um, I just really love playing music, and um, that's one of the things that seems to come across most more than anything else. And it's the same with you when you're on stage as well. You know, you've just got this huge grin. Yeah. It's really good, really good to see people up there enjoying what they do. And, you know, like I always take the opinion, like if I look at an artist on stage and they look like they're bored or it looks like they don't want to be there or they're just sort of going through the motions, it's just mm. like, well, what are you up there for? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, entertain us. And this is, you know, um, Chris is talking from a lot of experience because you tour nonstop. Well, like, yep. You are always on the road. You've got this cool little car decked out with everything you need. <laughs> you you spend a lot of time um, up in the Kimberleys, up north north Australia. North Australia. Yep, northern Australia. That? Northwest Australia. <laughs> um, tell us about... So first of all, let's start off with the question, who who are you? Who am I? Right, yeah. Well, that's a, you know, if you ask a lot of different people, they'll probably tell you different stories about that. But um, <laughs> About who you are. That's it. Depends on who you ask. But, um, I want to hear the stories. <laughs> so I mean... No, I'm from Kananurra, the top end of WA. Um, so a lot of people call me the fella from Kananurra. Um, there's not many That's or, original <laughs> singer-songwriters from my neck of the woods, and I'm from a really unique part of the world, the East Kimberley. Um, so basically, because I'm from there, really isolated, um, really, really, like, no, basically no population. It's one of the hottest, most isolated, least populated parts of the world. Um, so I come from a really, <clears throat> pardon me, interesting place because um i have this beautiful ability to sing up a part of the country that not many people have ever been to Mm -hmm. but a lot of people have heard of um and the way that i sort of sing up country and sing up people and places and stories um sort of comes from a really honest and unique place um and it puts me in a really unique position i have a sort of a story that no one else really has um and so that's basically sort of, I just say, I'm the fellow from Kananara. I'm just, I'm just singing up my, singing up my country, singing up my people. And that's very spot on. Mm. Like you, you, you're a storyteller, man. Yeah, I love when it. you get on stage, you just have, even your songs, like your songs are really um, painting pictures. And yeah, I love what you do. I'm a big fan of yours, Chris. Oh, thank you, Miss KJ. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't write songs or about, I don't write love songs or, um, you know, they're not pop sort of songs or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the power of the story in a song, um, you know, and I'm all about connection. And if you can tell a story that you know, someone in the audience can connect with and go, yes, you're telling my story, um, then for me, that's like the greatest honor you can receive as a songwriter. And considering you, like, let's tell us really, like, I can't even explain what you do. Like, you're everywhere. You're just going pub to pub. You're meeting so many people. You're yep. playing music. Like, how many shows do you think you'd be doing a year? Uh, it sort of averages out about 200, 250, oh my God. 200, 250 <laughs> shows a year. Um, and I do about 80,000 Ks of driving a year. <clears throat> Being from Kununurra, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so once you leave there, 
you may as well just sort of keep going until you get back all the way around Australia. I do Australia. remember you saying um, that you got to see your dog for the first time in like a year. I know, or it was I amazing. So sad. I was like, your poor puppy's like. She still remembered me though. It's amazing. Oh. She knows the sound of my car driving up the street, so she oh. goes bananas before I even get home, <laughs> which is amazing. But um, yeah, I literally do like uh, last year. I was home for six nights. And so you still call it home, even though you're just basically nomading. Like, yeah, um, we, um, for me, home is a spiritual thing yeah, more than a physical and you, place. You're attached to that part of the country, like yep. that's your home. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world. It's a, um, if you haven't been there, it's really hard to explain what the East Kimberley is like. But it's really, really well. You have a medicine music country. Video. Mm, we I have a it? music video where you're actually showcasing yes some of the Kimberley. Yeah, Kimberley What's time. It's cool. Yes. That's mm. right. It's beautiful. It's a magic part of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what I kind of envision when you talk about it. Yeah. And that's exactly what it's like too. Yeah, so that's incredible. Plenty of big red rock mountain ranges and it's really powerful country. Um, and when I get home, you know, it just refills my soul. Yeah. And I get that fix of the Kimberley and she looks after me. And then I mean, I'm usually home sort of in the general area about a month of the year, but not really home for much of the year um, at my actual house. Um, <laughs> but no, then I... I get my fix of the Kimberley and then I cruise along again and do another lap of the country. So with this lifestyle, I mean, how how is it for you? Do you get lonely? What kind of things do you experience being on the road? Um, yeah, it's a really interesting lifestyle. Uh, a lot of other musicians look at what I do and go, wow, that's amazing. Yes. But, the rea <laughs> but then they quite often try it out and the reality is obviously very different for everyone depending yeah. on your circumstances. Um, I literally have been on the road for 17 years, basically. Um, so this yeah. is you. This is what I've been. This is where you feel happy. Yeah, I love it, and that's yeah. the only reason I do it. Yeah. Um, I don't do it to try and prove a point or to say, "Look at me and look at what I'm doing." <laughs> um, you know, comparison is like you know the my biggest evil I think in the music industry. So mm -hmm. if you see what I do and go, "Oh, I need to do that," like I, I always say to people, um, you have to run your own race, and you know I do this because I love it, and that is the only reason I spend all year on the road is because I love. I get to catch up with all my mates. Get to see all my family at least once a year. I get to go to amazing parts of the country, and man, I love it. You know, and if I didn't love it, you wouldn't. Do I it. wouldn't do it. And if you and if you try and do it and you don't love it and you mm -hmm. keep trying to do it, it will literally destroy you. It will. It eat will. You. <laughs> it will eat you up. You know, that's the mean. That's the way it is. So I know I say that to people. I was like, you know, if you're in the music industry for any other reason apart from the fact that you love playing music and you have to play music. Um, just get out if it's not for that Run. reason. Yeah, right. Well, like, you know, if you're here for the fame or the accolades or the awards. There's none of that. You know, um, <laughs> no, it'll just chew you up and spit you out and it won't care, you know, and like no one will no. even notice that you were here and then gone again. So, but uh, if you love what you do, that'll really come across more than anything else. And it's the same when you're on stage, you know, you can see that you love what you do. I feel very lucky to be there. Mm, same. Yeah. And you know, I think that people see that to me. You know, they always come to me and go, wow, man, you really <laughs> love what you do. I really do, you know, even if I'm on my 273rd gig for the year, which I did 273 shows last year, wow. you know, and I can still get up on stage after that and just go, yeah, how good's this? I get to strum a G chord and sing my, <laughs> no, tell yeah. my story. Well, I love it. And like, you're so enthusiastic. I think something that's really cool is we met um, three years ago at the Academy of Country Music. Yes. And I remember then you were like working on an album, you were like working on songs. You had so many songs. I love songs. You had like... You had like a hard drive or something full of songs. It was like crazy. Um, but last Sunday, 
You just released your album. I did, yes. The new album, Little Bit Long Way, it's called. It's called Chris Matthews and the Mob of Scoundrels. So who, who's your Mob of Scoundrels? Uh, well, they're a mixed bag of reprobates and scumbags. Okay. Uh, we've got Benji Pocock. He plays guitar. He also engineered the album. He's an incredible, one of Australia's best guitar players. This was in Queensland? Was Queensland, yep. Yeah. So Vibe Tone Studios near Pomona. Great little studio. Yeah, cool. uh, I've got my drummer, Josh. Uh, Blakey from New Zealand, he plays the he drums on it. also at Academy with us. That's it, he's playing in my band with yeah. me here. Um, and mate of mine, Larry Cash, playing bass and double bass, and he's amazing. He's actually related to Johnny Cash, which is incredible. Really? Yeah, true story. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Cousins. Um, How crazy is that? That's it, amazing. Uh, and he's in Australia? Yep. Wow. Yeah, he lives in Rainbow Beach. Yeah, cool. Uh, I've got Jen Myers, the amazing, beautiful, yeah. incredible Jen Myers, one of the best voices in Australia. So she's, um, is there any duets or you just backing uh, She does ones? backing vocals on most of the songs, but there's also a, I guess a three-way duet, if you want to call it that. Really? Which is our Table of Knowledge, and that's with Brad Butcher Oh, I've heard and that, yes. You Jen released Myers. that one on, you released that earlier as a single. Yes, Yes, I, I heard mm. that one. Uh, who I got Bryce Wern, or otherwise known as Goat Boy from the Hillbilly Goats. So he mm -hmm. plays a bit of harmonica on there. Um, what else have I got? Oh, Caroline Trengove, um, one of Australia's great violin fiddle players. Kimberly does... Time made it on. Yes, so I re-recorded. Oh, are you serious? I can't wait to hear that. Mm, I re-recorded Kimberly Time for um, yeah. this album um, because the last album I put out was a solo acoustic yes. live in the studio uh -huh. album. This is a full band production. Oh, wow. And I just really loved how those... Well, there's two songs I re-recorded, You Can't Buy It Back and Kimberly Time, just because I loved how they went with the band. And as an independent artist who does everything myself, yep. I can do whatever I want. Yep. No, can. There's no one telling me what to do. Oh, you can't put that on your album, or you can't do this, and no, you've already put that out. So it's just like, man, I, I'm free, I'm easy, I can, and I wanted to, so I did. Good. I like, <laughs> you know, this shirt I'm wearing is a custom T-shirt that I made up called Fidia. What does that mean? It stands for effort. <laughs> it, like, fuck it. Yep. <laughs> Do it anyway. Do it anyway. So it's like my motto. I'm like, yeah, you want to do something, just go do it. Yep. Like you want to put all these songs in your albums, you're right, because no one's there to tell you what to do. As an independent artist, it's a beautiful journey, you man, because you go, you know anyone. what, I want to do this. Cool, let's make it happen. Or you mm. go, oh, actually, no, I don't want to do that, so you don't. <laughs> I tried that and I didn't like it, so let's go do something else. That's it. <laughs> these are great um, titles as well. I like Rubbish Left Behind by Idiots. Yeah, that's a very matter-of-fact title, that one. There's really? no doubt it's about like, it. It kind of paints the picture straight yep. up. Um, I like that. Because I'm on the road so much and I'm a country fellow, I love camping. So, yeah. you know, it came to my obvious notice, you know, that a lot of people go camping and just leave their rubbish lying behind after they've been mm. there. So I just had to write a song for those idiots. <laughs> You're so passionate. I love ah. it. Every time, so every time you now go to the campsite and you see rubbish, does your song play in your head? Yeah, I just got to say, you bloody idiots. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hard is it? You brought it in with you. Take it out with you. Uh, <laughs> you should go on a public speaking campaign. Well, I guess you are, technically, with this song. Yep. A problem to every solution. I like that. Problem so, to every solution, yeah. Was... How many songs have we got? There's 13 songs on the album. I recorded 15, but mm -hmm. um, I left two of them off. I just felt they didn't really sort of add or anything to it. Sure. Do you have um, any plans for those two songs later? Probably not. I mean, they're good songs. I might record, re-record them later. We didn't actually end up finishing recording oh, them. Oh, right. Okay. So we got sort of you know, the bare bones of the tracks and there. Then you just and I was just knew. like, yeah. now these aren't going to fit. So, But I, I had, I mean, I'm always writing. I had 34 songs wow. to choose from for the album. Um, so I whittled that down to 15 that I'll was basically trying to go, you know, um, this is a good cross-section of all the stuff that I do. Mm -hmm. um, the only really thing that I had for the album was that if you listen to one song and judge the rest of the album by that, you'd be wrong. So they're all very different songs. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's the sound across yeah. the board is similar, mm -hmm. 
um, because that's all recorded in the same place at the same time within a 10-day time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sound is quite similar, but there's the style of each song is really quite different. So you didn't try and make them fit together. I know a lot of people create albums and sort of make them one journey from start to finish, but you you really just let the song be whatever it wanted to be. Yep. And just let it sit. It meant, I mean, I, I was very... Um, the word I'm looking for here. I, know, I did know that I wanted the album to flow. Yeah. And in this modern day and age, an album is quite an interesting thing to do because yeah. most people just like to sort of pick and choose the song that they want to hear. And, and everyone's got a shuffle button these days. That's it. So. But um, I'm, I'm a bit old school. I love an album. I love people putting on an album, just pressing play yep. and letting it go all the way through. Um, and I wanted to look back in 20 years time, 30 oh, years time. Cool. And listen back or look back on that album and go, man, that's a good album of songs. Yeah, cool. you know, it's not just a, a single, and you know, it's not all not all filler and a couple of killer. Yeah, um, which is a classic <laughs> saying. You know, I wanted it to be an album which I could be proud of in twenty years' time, thirty years' time. That's the only reason I did it. It's a really stupid commercial decision to release an, an album. album. Yeah, you know? that's that's what I preach. I'm like, let's just do singles. Yep. And I understand that, but um, yeah. But it's what you mm. wanted, and and like you said, no one's telling you what to do, so you should just do what you want. Mm. Yep. This makes you happy. That's it. Um, and what what's blown me the way the most about this album is I put it out on the twelfth of January, so last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm completely independent. I have no publicist. I have no press agent. And I have yet. no video clips for this album. Uh, it's had no radio play. Um, it's had very little support from the industry. Okay. Um, <laughs> which is quite interesting. And it got to number one on the country charts in New Zealand and number four on the country charts in Australia. And I was the only Australian artist on either chart okay. against like the American bigwigs like, you know, Luke Coombs and Blake Shelton yeah. and so you Ronnie have, Dunn. So you have support. That's what that shows. That's yeah, awesome. It, it blew me away at the start and I was just like, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, I was like, how's this happened? Because like, you know, like I said, I had no sort of what you're supposed to do yeah, in my yeah. corner. You didn't have a publicist on board. Yep. You didn't, did you do a pre-order campaign or anything? No. Nope. Really? No pre-order campaign. So just the day of release, you what, put something out on socials. Just said, hey, it's people, out. Your people went and bought it. So yeah, because co- I've been, I think, um, I think this is a really good example of um, in this modern day and age, you know, Right. Facebook likes compared yeah. to real fans. Yeah. Because um, I've been touring around Australia for seven yeah, years. Yeah, you've got those on-the-ground fans. I have yeah. real people who support what I do. I might not have a million likes on Facebook um, and all this sort of stuff that looks good. Um, yeah. But what I do have is real people who support what I do. Yeah. Um, and so they love how I go about it. They <clears throat> love my story, I guess. And they went out and they all bought it. And... Just go show you. You can still do that without doing yeah. what the industry tells you you have to do. It's 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 an open market now. We can do whatever we, we want. We can do whatever we want. There's no gatekeepers. We're just like we just go rogue. We sure do. <laughs> and if it works, it works, man. And this looks like it works. Um, tell me, do you have a favorite out of your babies? Ooh. Um, <laughs> when personally for me, the the third track on the album, Yes Man, is my personal favorite. I like that because I always say yes ma'am. Yes ma'am. So what's yes man about? Yes man about. Well, it's actually about my my dad. You know, oh. um, us Aussie fellas have, I don't think I've noticed, Aussie blokes have quite interesting relationships with their dad, particularly yeah. from that generation before us, you know, where they're, I'm an Aussie bloke, I'm fine, nope. even when they're sick, you know. Yeah. Nope. No, 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 no. no emotions. Yep. So, um, so my dad's favorite word was no. Um, you know, you'd ask me a question, hey dad, you might have, you'd be like, no. Like, um, so I had a really interesting relationship with my father, um, which I think a lot of people do, um, particularly Aussie blokes. Um, so I wrote this song and I thought he would like appreciate the irony of calling it Yes Man. 
Um, he obviously never, he has never heard the song because he passed away um, a few years ago. Um, <clears throat> but it's one of my most, I don't usually write songs about me, but that one kind of is, even though I'm singing about my, my father, um, it is basically my relationship with him. And just how it came out on the album um, has blown me away. The band played the hell out of it. Um, wow, yeah. And we threw in some really cool harmonies and stuff on there. It's a really quite a big production, this album. Um, and, and this, yeah, a lot of people connect with that song. It's not yeah. the most fastest song on the album or the most rocky or anything, but people really latch onto the fact it's that it's really human. honest. Yeah. And I was speaking with Michael War, one of Australia's great songwriters, and he's, he, I showed him that song, and he's like, man, you need to play. He said, it's your role now to play this song for Australian men. Because playing it actually scares the hell out of me, you know, because it's Just so honest. the emotional mm. aspect. Like, yep. is it the sort of, when you play it, you're worried that, no one can hear it right or is it just no it's just um you know like i'm opening myself up yeah, you know, i'm wearing yeah. my heart on my sleeve and as michael said he's gone man you have to do that you have to show yeah. australian men that it's okay to go oh yeah. i'm in pain this hurts and mm. no it's because of this and this is why it's turned out um so i think because of the fact that it is so honest and so real people latch onto it you know yeah and that's always the thing your audience will always tell if you're bullshitting yeah <laughs> or if you're telling the truth you know a lot of people underestimate their audience and they you know they get up there and they try and be something they're not yeah and they start seeing these things which is clearly they something they've never lived or been through things that they see other artists do that they think they need to emulate yeah, yeah. um and your audience is way smarter than you think yeah and if you're bullshitting like you're pretending to be something you're not or you're singing something you haven't lived through mm -hmm. um then they'll just go man I don't believe you. Yeah. And they always will. Do you know that freed me up when I, after Academy, I mean, I mean you know, like at Academy, I wasn't at my best self and I was very lost with who I was and mm -hmm. I, I didn't know who I was and I didn't, I hadn't found my voice and it took me a couple of goes, but it was when I started just writing songs on my own on guitar and getting incredibly honest and just releasing my heart. Yep. I just was like, oh, this is it. This is like, this is my voice. This is who I am. And I'm so happy now. Like, That's I feel good. so comfortable. Hooray! I know. Hooray. I didn't have to be anyone else. I could just be me. Yeah, well, uh, and your, your story is so important yeah. in music. You know? We're all singing about the same sort of things, really. We're all playing the same chords. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> um, you know there's, the only thing that really is going to differentiate you from anyone else is your story, you know? And if you want to look at it from a, an advertising perspective, they'll call it your <laughs> brand. But um, I hate using all those sort of you no know, words like that. So for me, it's all about your story. And that's what people are going to latch onto. Well, they want to feel connected. Well, that's what, everything we do is all about connection. Yeah. If you can't connect with your audience and they can't connect with you, mm -hmm. then the battle's basically lost before you've even got on stage yeah. or before you've sung a note. I think that's what it lends to what you were saying. Just be real. Because we're all... We all go through the same things, even though like one of my songs I released and I thought it was super like, super dumb. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the thought process around the song, I was like, this is really like intimate and inside of me and it's just so stupid. And so many people came back to me and they just connected with it. And I was so shocked. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that was what was going to happen. But once it did, I was like, all right, cool. Let's just, let's just be real. Let's just be honest. Let's just do this. Um, so now that you've released the album, you're still touring. What, what's next for Chris Matthews? Um... A lot of people ask me this. I have no end game in sight. I have no goals or aims with music. No, I always just wanted to, I just love playing music. And that's all I've ever wanted to do was just to play music um, and travel around Australia and travel the world with it. And I've done all that. Um, and the only thing I'm ever trying to do is to just be the best version of me that I can and to create the best art that I'm happy with. Um, 
saying, oh, I don't have all these dreams of aspirations of being <laughs> famous or making no, a million dollars. No, I'm really Nashville. I'm really passionately Australian. When I'm yeah. overseas, I miss the Aussie accent and the smell of the eucalypt and the, the call mm. of the kookaburra so much. It's just like, oh, I get teary just thinking about it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just love doing what I do in the way that I go about it. I don't like playing the game, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just really, really happy with where I'm at. And one thing I try and do every day well, I do it twice a day is I wake when I go to bed and when I wake up in the morning, I go, you know, if I die today, what would I change? You know, if I go to sleep and I go, no, don't wake up, what would I change? If I when I want to wake up, if something happens today, what would I change? And man, that's the only thing I'm ever trying to do is to be happy right here, right now. Um, Sounds good to me. <laughs> and, and that works for me, you know, um, so, and I wouldn't change a bloody thing. So with the industry, um, you know, I, I kind of went a bit rogue last year with the industry, just sort of did my own thing. And um, I, I'm a little jaded, mm-hmm. like, you know, I make no secret of that. But what is your experience with, you know, you've touched on it before and you, you, you live outside of the industry. Yes. But you, you also know the industry and you are good friends with like Cheryl and like all that sort of stuff. Yep. Like, so what's your, how do you keep that relationship of, I'm not buying into the bullshit, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, you know, still going to be involved enough that I'm still a part of this family community kind of thing. Yeah. Once again, I think that comes down to being you, yeah. um, yeah. you know, like the, the industry can see through bullshit really, really well. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think because I've been touring around so much over the last 17 years and like booking all the shows myself. Setting, setting up and packing down the PA systems, playing a million gigs. Um, <laughs> I'm exhausted just like so, hearing you yeah. say that. <laughs> um, basically what's happened there is like all the musicians who I love and respect have just basically seen, seen me over the years. So I've become really great mates with a lot of people I really, yeah. really respect. Um, so you know, just, so the, basically what I have, I have this really amazing sort of, sort of love and respect from all the musicians mm-hmm. in the industry. Um, and they love what I do and how I go about it. And particularly because I just do my thing, they're just like, man, it's so cool, yeah. keep going. <laughs> um, but one thing I have discovered about the industry is they love saying, we created this success story. Oh. <laughs> um, and because I've never really utilized the industry to try and get me my success, I've got an interesting sort of relationship with them because they're like, man, it's really cool what he's doing, but we haven't but we helped him have get a part there. Of that. Yeah. Um, and that's cool, man. Like it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Um, but I, I do get stonewalled a little bit um, from the gatekeepers, if you want to call them yeah. that, um, because they go, well, we didn't help you get this success. So we so. have no investment in your future yep. career. And like, I understand, like it's yeah. a business thing from them. Obviously, you know, they've got money and time and all this yeah. stuff invested into a lot of acts and a lot of people. And obviously, when you're running a business, which the music industry is a business, you need a return on your investment. Mm -hmm. Because they've never invested in me, they've got all this other stuff invested in other acts. You know, Mm -hmm. they need a return on their investment, and that's cool, man. It's just it's just business. You know, I don't take it personally. I don't care. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it is just interesting, you know. Like, yeah, I have a very not not a not a standoffish relationship with the industry, but like they don't know how to take me. Yeah. Um, and I'm quite happy for them to be like that with me. So. (laughs) So you just get to cruise around, do your own thing. It's it's. Great, like you know, I I sort of got che- chewed up and churned out pretty quickly. Oh, I'll do that. Um, It'll spit, chew you up and spit you up. I'm just so much happier on this side, though. Mm. Like I'm now um, connecting back to my industry. I'm like, but I have to do it on my terms. You got to be on your terms. It's the only way you'll ever yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> and that's you know things like podcasts. You know things mm. of like just connecting with my humans. Yes. Like on a base level, like my peers. You know, I sort of just went away from all of that and had to go inside myself and fix myself well, better. it's so easy to get caught up in the bullshit yeah and it is just bullshit it is just bullshit man you know? mm. 
Um, you know, the, I, mean, I love the country music family and the country music yeah. industry. I love how much they support and look after all their acts and stuff like that. But it's really still easy to get caught up in the yeah. hype of, you know, they're doing that and they're doing this, so I need to do that and I've got to look like this and I've got to, well, they're doing that, so I should be doing this too. Um, and that's where I think where a lot of people stumble yeah. and fall is because they do get caught up in the hype of what you're supposed to be doing. I'm and doing comes... inverted commas here, but you can't <laughs> yeah. say that. Yeah. <laughs> that comes back to what you mean. It's just being authentic. I think literally the easiest solution is just be yourself, but it's so hard to get to that point, you know? I mm -hmm. think when you're seeing all these outside influences, especially for females in the country music industry, like... Yeah, it's tough for you ladies. It really just, is. Yeah, you know, and you've got to figure out, oh, it's okay to be a little bit fat. It's okay to be like not perfect, you know, have a bit of a big nose. Like it's fine. Yeah, absolutely, man. No one, no one likes perfection, no. Exactly. And perfection is unattainable. Yeah. So what's the point of worrying about it? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm over it. I'm like, whatever, I'm going to eat some cupcakes. It's cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, once again, it's, it's being real. And like, I really can never stress this enough to the, mm. you know, the young mob coming up through the ranks. And by God, there's some amazing young mob coming up through the ranks. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, I've been around for... In the, industry, in the industry for like no 20 years, I guess. There were more inverted comment, comments. That's it. When he says industry. industry yep. <laughs> um, yep. Um, you know, and you just have to be you. I can't stress that enough. Mm. You have to be you because if you're trying to be something you're not, it'll kill you. Yes. It'll just destroy you. This ties in perfectly because I always finish the segments with what kind of advice would you give or like what's the truth that you want to say or something that maybe you wish an interviewer would ask you. Is there anything along those lines you want to kind of blurt hmm. out there? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I've probably just sort of alluded to it a fair bit already, you know, but like, just be you. Don't get caught up in what people think. Did you ever think. get caught up in it? No. You've always just sort of... So how old were you when you started going on the road? Uh, I was 18. And what, 18 years old, yeah, 19 years old. What was 18-year-old Chris Lowe thinking? Like, you're just like... Um, I was really lucky to run into a fellow called Brian Ward um, when I was like he gave me my first gig. He was the president of the Australian Songwriters Association, oh, cool. um, and he said, "You're always impressionable when you're when you're a young fella." Um, and he said the most beautiful thing to me. He said, "Chris, he said, don't go to the industry, just be your own." He said. And that, for some reason, that always stuck with me. Clearly. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, so that's one thing I always say. You know, you've got to run your own race, you know, and eventually, you know, if you're doing it in the right way, in a truthful way, in an honest way, people will latch onto it eventually, you know. It might take five years, 10 years, 20 years. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Um, so that always really stuck with me. You know, like, you know, just do what is good to you and, you know, see what happens. Um, another thing that I always remember that um, I used to get told was, you know, um, if you can just get out there and do what you're doing in the best way, honest, most honest, truthful way, it's all about connection. Yeah. Don't bullshit people because they'll see right through it. <laughs> so, yeah, don't go to the industry, be industry, and don't bullshit people. What would 18-year-old you in his car flip going off on his first tour, mm. what would he think of you now? Uh, I'd, he'd be stoked? I think he'd be pretty stoked. I don't yeah. really think I've really changed too much in the last yeah, 20 years. So. You know, you sit there and you have a dream and like, you know, young 18 year old you is ready to go live a dream and yep. you got it. Yeah, I mean, I don't call it, a lot of people say I'm living the dream. Yeah. I don't, I'm not living a dream. I'm just living my life the best way that Which I can. Which is like, that's living the dream, man. If yeah, you can but, be happy, like if you can just live joyful and love what you do, then... That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So, so if that if that's living the dream that's and doing the inverted comments, it's just yeah. living life, man. Like a dream is like a wistful thing that you wake up and you can't really remember. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, and 
Um, so I never call it living the dream because the dream's like this imaginary, unattainable thing. But this is thing. real. This is, this is reality, real, man. And you're happy. You're living life, man. If you can't wake up and be happy in what you do, then just change it. I'm not beholden to music, just so you know. Do you think you'd go? Do you think you'd go somewhere else? Like, Well, all I'm ever trying to do is to be happy. Yeah. Because that's all I'm ever trying to achieve. Um, so if I find out tomorrow... But all of a sudden, I do a bit of a, a landscaping yeah. job for someone or help someone with a, with a work and go, wow, I this really is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I would just drop music and go and do that. I mean, I always play music, you know, because I love it. But, you know, if I found something I enjoyed more, I would go and do it. Yeah. I'm not beholden to it. Um, I just love music and I haven't found anything else that gives me yes. like that buzz <laughs> and that spark more than anything else. So I'm just all about waking up every day going, am I happy? Do I love what I'm doing? And do I like the person who I am while doing it? And if I can say yes to those three questions every day, then I'm pretty damn stoked. So if I was going to tell my 18-year-old self, so I would be like, hey, man, just do what you love. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. It's not money. It's not cars. It's not overseas holidays. It's not how big your house is. Um, I'm so lucky I've met people from all walks of life, from the people in the gutter outside a pub throwing up you know, who are homeless to multi-billionaires who run international, multinational companies. And one thing I've discovered is it's not what you've got. It's mm. not what you do. It's not what owns you and how much money you've got in the bank. It's is are you doing what makes you happy? And if you can say yes, you're on the right path because that's all that matters in life. Chris, so that's beautiful. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to me. Thank you, KJ. Pleasure. You're an awesome, awesome, awesome lady. <laughs> You know, for those listening, if you're listening for the first time, go and catch Katie J, man. She's awesome. You know, now you walk away going, what a smile. That chick's having a bloody ball. <laughs> oh, see, I just paid him to say that. Here's your money. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, Chris Matthews, guys, make sure you check him out. He's on socials. He's on um, Spotify. He's also got physical CDs if you're around Tamworth Country Music Festival, depending when we get this episode out. Um, but he's always traveling and he's always got a smile and he's got a lot of time for anyone. So, uh Make sure you get it, get somewhere to check him out. He's a very cool dude. Sit, come on down and say good day. Cheers, <laughs> you mob. You've been listening to the Country Music Podcast with Katie Jane. Have a great day.